What is happening, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 83 of RizzoCast. I'm Steven Risotto, and today we are joined by none other than the host of the Loaded Bases podcast. It is Mason Hall who joins us here. Mason, what's going on? How you doing? I'm doing good. Just uh, watching this uh, Dodger comeback where it's going to happen. But yeah, no, th- thank you for having me on. Absolutely. I'm, I'm glad you're here and we're, we're going to get into a few things and postseason is one of them and I'm yes, watching it too. I have it on kind of up here on my, uh, my TV Dodgers just took a three, two lead. Um, where do you see this series going? Because I'll give you my opinion here. I think LA is too good of a team to not make this go seven games and the baseball fan yep. in me really wants it to see to go seven games. But meanwhile, the Braves have played such good baseball at the right time. Yeah. Max freed on the mound. Uh, they've got some really good outfield pieces at the trading deadline. Where do you kind of see this series going? It, I mean, like for me, I mean, because my team's not in the playoffs, mm-hmm. but on, honestly, I, I just want seven games. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like as a fan, like I just want to see seven good games, but dude, it's tough. It's, it's kind of, I mean, I don't want to see the Dodgers in the world series again, but only if the Astros win on the AL side that I want Astros Dodgers just for the drama. But that, that would dude, be dramatic. Honestly, it it can go any way for me, and I'm and I'm a happy guy. No, absolutely. What about the AL series? Because I feel like a lot of people are rooting against Houston, and I get it. You know, yeah. it's it's something that happened a few years ago with the cheating scandal and it makes sense why people would not want to root for the Houston Astros. And they like kind of the story about the Red Sox on how they were probably the sleeper out of both leagues. Nobody thought yep. the Red Sox would be, you know, they thought they would run out of pitching, um, but it hasn't happened. Their bats have come yeah. alive. So, I mean, that series is absolutely nuts. It's the Red Sox can't close. That is, that's the issue right now. But dude, I, I would pick the Red Sox. I mean, over the Astros, just cause I don't, I don't really like the Astros for the whole, a cheating scandal, but it's, it's dude, seven games. That's all I want. Seven good games. I was thinking about this. When is the grace period? Like when, I guess not grace period, but when is like the period of when the Astros are finished to be hated, if that makes sense. Like when, uh, when, do, when does that like start? Does it start when Altuve and Correa and everybody else there is gone? Or like, how do we determine when the Astros are like normal again? It, it then follows along with them. It's like, it's like the Barry Bonds thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, because you get the people like who are like, Oh, well, I mean, like, you, like you still have to hit the ball, but yeah, he, he cheated. And then, like the Pete Rose thing, like it, I do not think that that will ever let down, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, is I saw your tweet the other day, Altuve, is he a Hall of Famer? Or, like, I mean, because I know you mentioned that that's oh, going to follow yeah, yeah, him around. Yeah. Exactly. It, dude, if I swear to you, if they put Altuve in the Hall of Fame before Barry Bonds or Pete Rose, I will, uh, I will be pissed. There's no way. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think so either. I don't know how much it hurts him because they said that he didn't he didn't use the buzzer. But like, what can we believe at this point? So, um, you know, uh, his uh, his splits between home and away. There you go. 
dude, he had he was batting over 400 at home, mm-hmm. like in 2017, and won the and won the MVP. Yeah, I mean, we'll never know. We'll never know how much they actually hurt him or helped him, and that's the crazy thing about it. And that's why this Astros oh, exactly. team is is so kind of disgraced in a way. And um, I actually just had an Astros pitcher who's not on the playoff roster. Um, Ken Emanuel came on and, mm-hmm. and we talked about that and he said that it's kind of extra motivation. Uh, but yeah. for most of the guys, they weren't even on that team. So it's, it is kind of interesting yeah, and true. it's good to see Dusty Baker, um, you know, do yeah. well. Yeah. He got put in a tough spot. <laughs> that, that would be hard. That would be hard to be put on a roster where, where like you will, you will get shit across the whole entire mm-hmm. MLB and I'm like every single game that you go to, do you like fans are gonna be ruthless? No, yeah, not fun, not fun at all. I can't imagine it would be. Do you feel like these playoff games are too long? I mean, everybody's so caught up in the timing in baseball, and I understand why baseball doesn't have a clock. It's the best sport because mm-hmm. of that, in my opinion. And things yeah, happen. 100%. Yeah, things happen throughout that time, and there's no rushing involved. But I will say that it is not attractive to the human eye when games are going, you know, four hours long. Um, I don't know what could be changed that would like not mess up the integrity of the game. But like, sure. is it alarming to you that these games are kind of going so long or are you just kind of, you know, more I, baseball? Do more baseball. Yeah. And like, I mean, like I, I feel and then like that I see like on Twitter and then like all the and then pretty much like all social media it's almost all the guys from the east coast who are complaining about the games being too long because they have to stay up till midnight but then like us like on the west coast we stay up till 10 mm-hmm. and i feel that that's probably like a big reason like for it but i'm i mean i've in let's see in 2018 i sat through a 18 inning game it was uh C- cubs at marlins 18 innings and i I liked every single pitch and inning from that. I just, I just like baseball. I mean, that's, that's my, that, uh, that's my thing, but I don't know. I mean, I do like the runner on second base for regular season, mm-hmm. like for extra innings, but the postseason, you can't do that. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm mixed. <laughs> so I, okay. So for, in terms of, timing like i really like the yeah. runner at second and i i think that it is exciting people say it's not exciting and it and it's not you know organic it's not the way baseball should be played but i feel like if you don't execute in that inning oh um, yeah correct that's on you i mean you have to execute you have to move the, you have to play small ball uh yeah. in order to win an extra innings and you know if you're the away team you're playing for a few runs in that situation not just one um, so that's kind of why we haven't seen the bunting, but I would agree with you, but I feel like there should also, it would be interesting if teams had like the, I'm thinking about this right now and I haven't thought it through, but I'm going to say it anyways. Um, say it. what if like teams had the option before a series to pick what they do? Like, okay, hmm. we have mutually decided to play with runners at second base to start extras, or we've mutually decided against it. Like, I mean, that would be interesting, maybe. Yeah, but then what if they 
disagree and the one says yes and one says no yeah i mean scrap that idea I mean, yeah. what do you do <laughs> scrap that idea but no I, honestly it do i i think like i see where you're going with it mm-hmm. it there there probably is ways that you could make the playoffs interesting like that but dude i don't know that would be mm-hmm. I like the pitch clock. I like the pitch clock. I might be in the minority there, but I like the pitch clock because I like the rhythm of it. I like the rhythm it brings and they tested out like 15 seconds or 20 seconds in in low A this season and games got cut like by 30 minutes and the players loved it. They loved, you know, getting back earlier and they loved the flow of the game Postseason, I don't know because postseason we like the dramatic moments. We like the waiting. Yeah, exactly. You know, we like the waiting for you know in between pitches. So I don't know how that would work, but I mean, yeah, no, it's it's definitely pace of play is definitely an interesting topic for sure. hundred um, percent. Who do who do you like in terms of, or not? Who do you like? I already asked who you like in the postseason. That was going to be the next thing I said, but I want to. Well, I can tell bit. you. Yeah, because I can tell you that. Uh, all of my picks to make it to the World Series are uh, out. I can Who say that picks? one. Uh, Giants and Tampa Bay. Giants and Tampa Bay. That would have been a really, really interesting World Series. I picked yes. Tampa Bay to go all the way as well in the American. I picked them before the season and also at the beginning of the postseason to go all the way. I thought their pitching was amazing. And yeah, whenever I think of their pitching staff, I always think of um, Kerry Crowley of the, the Bay Area uh, News Group who covers the Giants, he always says they have a bunch of guys. They just have a bunch of guys. Like it's, they're Studs. not labeled starters or relievers. Yep. They just have guys. So, yes. And their lineup's good. Of, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Giants, I mean, that was definitely a heartbreaker. I think it's still um, hurting a lot of people that, here in San Francisco for that's sure. That's a sensitive topic. It is a sensitive topic. Um, they're not happy with the offense right now for scoring like 10 runs in five games, but yeah. And also the check swing is a big topic around here. So, um, <laughs> a big, yep. big topic around here. What did you think about that? By the way, were you watching that live? Dude? Yeah, I was pissed. Mm-hmm. I was, I was mad, but like that also it's like, like, do you think that that play could be reviewed? Like, in postseason only i mean like if that was i guess like the new implemented idea it would have to be super like they they should not be able to they should not have to go to headsets for that they should have and they should have something in their ear to be completely honest with you they should have an earpiece the umpire should have a mic every sport has it why doesn't baseball have it and they should be able to explain that is true some of this stuff instead of, you know, getting off the headset and going out or safe, yeah. you know, so they should be able to explain what's going on as for check swings, probably not. I mean, every check swing would get a little bit too, you know, that would be too much to, to, you know, challenge every check swing. I feel like people would abuse yeah. that power, but in a big spot like that, I mean, that cannot be ruled a swing. Um, Man, that cannot be ruled a swing. I mean, nope. it just can't, there's no other way to put it, especially to end the game. And I think that's more of a. I feel like even if he did swing just a little bit, you can't end the game like that. You just can't. No. You can't uh, end the game like that. It's sad. It was. Oh, it was sad. 107 games won. 
109 games won overall. And that's how the see. And it's funny because a lot of Dodger fans, you know, have mentioned that because when the Giants and Dodgers played each other in LA earlier in the year, Darren Ruff took like a full hack and they said he did not go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it extended yeah. the game and the Giants ended up coming from behind and winning that game. And the Dodgers feel like that costed them the division. But what I would hey. say to that is Cody Bellinger airmailed a throw down the right field <laughs> yep. line. Do you remember yes. that in like late yes. July? And that costed the bad. Dodgers. It was bad. So, I mean, baseball's like that. I mean, anything could happen. And um, that's why we like it. That's why we that's like what baseball. I'm saying. I, it's, it, it's a very fair sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, three outs, switch, three outs, switch. But just the small, tiny moments can change a whole season. Especially if things don't go your way. That's the oh, fun exactly. part about it. So and then the excuses involved. come out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then the excuses come out. Uh, I want to talk about the Cubs with you for a second here. Yeah, dude. Um, they are your team. I know you're a Pacific Northwest guy up there in Washington. Yep. So my question for you, and you, you're probably asked this a good amount of time. How did you become a Cubs fan? How does that even work? So, okay. So my, so my grandma's uh, side of the family so they're from Chicago mm-hmm. and so they grew up up there and they would ride the L like to Wrigley and they would go to the games. So when, yeah. So then, I mean, like my, my baby blanket was a Cubs blanket from her. So it was just like a boom. Like, like I have like, I had no choice. So it was just like, you're a Cubs fan. I'm like, oh, okay. Like that works. So that's kind of like how that whole thing started. But then in, uh, but then like summer of, see, cause I was little, I, I, I was like five. And that was when um, it's like with Sosa and McGuire, like mm-hmm. for that whole thing. And then like, we would watch the games and that kind of like, like sparked like, okay, like I like this. And then it just went on and do you, the Cubs ruled the, the house and still still does carrie wood you know got to grow up watching carrie wood and mark Pryor yep. pitch and then yep the, the 2016 days when they won their first championship um yes when they traded those guys bryant rizzo Oof. baez to some degree craig kimbrell although you know he hasn't really worked out and in, in, with the white Sox across yeah. town but you know, more so on those three guys, Bryant, Rizzo, and Baez. What was kind of the reaction of a Cubs fan? Was it like, did you come to terms with it? Like, did you know it was coming? The Cubs were having a down year. Everybody knew even before the season they would either be players at the deadline or not. Mm-hmm. Was it kind of expected? Uh, once, I guess, once the Cubs lost uh, the 11 games in a row going into the All-Star break, that was kind of like, well, the season just turned. So it, but then, I mean, like, we kind of knew that, I mean, Bryant was getting looked at for sure. And, I mean, Kimbrell for sure. Um, but honestly, like, I just thought that Bryant was going to be the one to leave. But then once on, it was on that Thursday, when all of a sudden, I mean, because you see tweets uh like that the red Sox are talking to rizzo and i was like no like 
that's okay. I mean, because he played for them. So it was just like, you know what? Like it's, it, it's all right, but I don't think it's going to happen. But then boom, the Yankees pull the trigger, get Rizzo. And then we find out that the Cubs are still paying for him while he goes to New York. So it's, it's like, no way did that just happen. And then I like that right there was probably like, dude, like I'm telling you, like that was like taking a dagger to the chest and you're just like, okay, well life sucks. So then the next day comes around and then, I mean, Kimball gone, like, okay, whatever. And then the whole, like, like we knew that Bryant was leaving, but it was kind of not like a, it was, I don't know. Like it wasn't real life. It was still a gut punch. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so then that same dagger in and then Bryant traded and that dagger just turned. And then all of a sudden, like, like last second, Javi goes to New York, like for the Mets. And it was just like, what the fuck just happened? And then it, it was just, it was just sad. It was a very, very sad dude. Like I can tell you, like, dude, I had, like, I didn't want to talk to anyone. It was, it was, it was bad, but I mean, yeah, like I've definitely came to terms on that one, but it's, uh, and that's why I wanted the giants to go all the way is so Brian can get another ring. So that's kind of, I mean, but they're all free agents now, so we'll see. Yeah, no, we'll see. I, I didn't expect Rizzo to go either. I, I, I thought that he would be, if anything, like the guy that they extend possibly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I mean, New York obviously needed left-handed hitters and they got Gallo, they got Rizzo, mm-hmm. they helped a little bit. Um, and Baez went to a place where, you know, he fit in, he had his best friend. He was playing besides Francisco Lindor. Yeah. yeah. And Bryant went to a winning team on the West coast where, you know, he, he's a Vegas kid. He went to college in San Diego. I mean, it yep. was a great fit for him. And I was actually there. I covered the first game that Bryant, played on a Sunday. Oh, afternoon. really? Oh, wow. And I don't think I've ever seen any day anticipated from, for just one person, like yeah. ever all the attention I've never seen anybody be so focused on one person and one person only. I was thinking to myself, I was like, I don't think the giants media has ever like followed anything like this since like when Barry Bonds was chasing the home run record. True. Um, yeah. I mean, this is like, so much focus. Everything, everything was Bryant, Bryant, Bryant. He's got the picture on the scoreboard. Welcome, Chris Bryant. We're talking to him in the dugout. I mean, everybody's super pumped that Chris Bryant is in San Francisco, and he seems genuinely happy. And it was a great oh, yeah. fit. He had a great. Uh, he was he was pretty good with them down the stretch. Uh, even better in the in the division series against the Dodgers. Yeah. And uh, we'll see if the Giants pull the trigger and re-sign him. I know that. Bryant and Scott Boris are expecting a lot of suitors from what I've heard. So we'll have to see what happens hey, there. Boris is a money guy and I, I think Brian deserves the money. So it's, it's kind of, I mean, I wouldn't be upset if he went back to, to San Fran. They're Honestly, all going to get like, paid. I, They're all going to yeah, get paid. Exactly. So, I mean, no matter where, he, no matter where he goes, I'm, I just hope no one goes to the Yankees. That's my, <laughs> or St. Louis. 
So St. Louis, yeah, division rival. Um, now with that, where do you stand on the on the uh, the Cubs' outlook for next year? Obviously, they're in some kind of rebuilding stage. What yep. are you looking at in terms of next year? You know, win projections, storylines. What are we looking for for the 2022 Chicago Cubs? Honestly, I have I have actually not really thought about that yet. I'm I'm just still like it's just like I don't know like what's gonna happen. But I'm mean, like with with like like Patrick Wisdom and Frank Schwindel just coming out like just like the tank. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Him and then um, uh, Ian Happ is still like hitting amazing. It's it's just, dude. It, honestly, anything can happen right now. But I don't think that they should just go all out like this off season. Um, I mean, they did like they traded for prospects, so I believe that they should do exactly like what they did before and build those prospects up. I mean, like the minor leagues, and then just bring them up and see see what happens. And then I can then see like what holes to fill. I mean, like from there, I mean, cause they, they just signed uh, a, a new GM. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of uh, interested to see like what he does. Yeah. Of course, working under uh, Jed Hoyer, who's been there a while and he eventually took over for Theo in, in Chicago. Um, yep. I feel like, I feel like the Cubs do Cubs fans like Matt Duffy? <laughs> I know that's just a random question, but like uh, in San Francisco, he was so beloved and he played like two years with them and he finished runner up in rookie of the year and everybody went nuts <laughs> and everybody got mad that Matt Duffy was traded. And I was thinking in my head, I was like, it's the craziest thing that people are so upset that Matt Duffy was traded. And then he had some injury years in Tampa Bay and he's you know signed a few minor league contracts and here he is in Chicago and apparently he's playing pretty well. I like him. I mean, he's he he reminds me kind of of uh, like so my favorite most underrated player, Tommy Listella. I love that guy. Like he, it's like I like Duffy off the bench. That's kind of like how I see him, and that's how I do. Like I loved Tommy Listella off the bench. Dude, just come in and rake, make contact too. That's what I'm saying. And Listella, another how, San Francisco yeah. guy. Yes, sir. So you have some Giants ties too. I see you. I see you working. Hey. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and you also have ties. You know, I mentioned earlier you're a Washington guy. Have you gotten to a, a lot of Mariners games this year? Because, I mean, that was another fun team to watch. And I know, yeah. you know, being in the area, you probably pay attention to them too, huh? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I, uh, so before the season, um, I had uh, Dave Sims on my podcast. He so he is their uh, TV broadcaster, mm-hmm. and I mean, because we talked for hours, and it, it like he was super excited about the season, and I mean, he kind of like inspired me to like watch them more. I mean, like for this year because dude, they have like it's like their farm system and their young guys are absolute studs. And do it's, it's, I mean, like, I'm excited to see like what they do. I make for next year. It was, uh, yeah, I went to probably see, I went to, I think probably about like six or seven games this year, I believe. And then I went to, uh, the last series when they played, uh, the angels and that was that a good was one. The, uh, yeah. They, they gave out, um, everyone in the stadium. Uh, we all got like the yellow, 
uh believe signs and it yeah it was fun it was it was a crazy time that was the jared walsh home run series where he hit a home run that was the dagger dagger into the uh i'm gonna bring up your dagger point i'm gonna use it put the dagger in the uh in the mariners so i remember that series that was when the whole uh, wild card thing was going haywire nobody knew what to do (laughs) oh yeah i had i had no idea like what to watch like what to i'm just like you know i I'm just gonna watch these like four teams and see what happens. Game one sixty-two. That was insane, insane, yeah. quite the insane day. Uh, I want to get into your uh, your podcast here. Tell me a little bit about it. I mentioned it earlier. The bases loaded podcast. When did you start it? How did you start it? And uh, what can we expect while listening? Uh, so for the podcast, uh, so in 2020, um, kind of like what you said earlier mm-hmm. i mean so like uh, off air it was uh i so once baseball ended like for spring training i had no idea what to do and baseball has always been there for me and i'm like you know what like i'm gonna bring baseball to me so i i literally just i just like hopped on youtube and i was like how how do you start a podcast and and then i just bought let's see like this is i'm bought this mic for like 40 bucks and now here we are it's it's uh but yeah no like so i um i found like my target like audience and then like what i like to talk about and i like to like feature guys like from like the minor leagues and and i like to talk about like their journeys and all that stuff to like where they are today and i mean like to talk to like players coaches um like media guys, I mean, like you name it. it. I mean, it's pretty much everyone, anyone baseball. But like, but honestly, like we don't talk about like what happens on the field. It's all, it's all like how did they get there? I mean, because everyone has their own unique stories, and do you you can hear some crazy, crazy stuff, especially down in the minor leagues, man. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I've, I've had some people from the minor league level come on too. And the one that sticks out to me is Colin Thoreau, who is a uh, catcher for the Oakland A's. He's in the A's minor league system. A um, few others too, but no, the minor league, I mean, minor league players, they do have some great stories and they're yeah. accessible. And you probably, you know, found out about that too. Yep. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we have very similar podcasts and I think yeah. that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. So yeah, it's do it, it, it's always fun to like talk to people like who do this, who are like doing the same thing as you Mm -hmm. because I mean, because like everything just like flows smooth. I mean, because like the whole, like the passion about it and it it just, it's just awesome. Yeah. And, and I know I try to get as many guests as I could possibly get. And um, your show is very guest oriented too. So yeah, yeah, definitely keep that up. I'll be listening. And the one thing that you mentioned minor league players Yep. Tell me about what's going on on October 25th. So this is actually how I came across your account and I came across the podcast. Uh, so you're doing a stand with minor league baseball and yeah. everybody's going to kind of retweet a tweet Tell or there's some more stuff involved. Tell me what's going on on October 25th. Yeah. So uh, I was actually, uh, I was at work and I mean, like uh, the whole, I think I saw like, I saw someone tweet something about, uh, minor league pay and i was like oh like i was like i can hop on that one because i mean like like 
I kind of like understand like that whole mm-hmm. stuff. So, uh, so then I reached, uh, so then I texted uh, one of my buddies that, um, works for more than baseball. So, uh, so Jeremy Wolf, so he is the uh, director for them. And, um, and then I was like, yo, I, I have an idea. So, uh, so we kind of like talked a little bit and I was like, I was like, Hey, like, I was like, give me, give me one hour and I will have a whole thing for you to look at. And you just like, all right. So then I came up with this idea that on October 25th, um, because there is no baseball that day because that's the day before the world series. So, so I was like, you know what? Like what if somehow the day before the world series, we can get Twitter to just tweet everything about the minor leagues and pretty much like all of like, I guess like pretty much all like the negative aspects about it, like the pay housing, uh, food, just, just pretty much like all the above. So he was just like, dude, do it like make that happen so i was like all right like let's do it so yeah so on uh october 25th trying to flood twitter with uh, the hashtag stand with milb so we're gonna see what happens and uh i mean it's a shot in the dark but if somehow it gets big enough i would love for like i guess like for the guys like who do the broadcast like for the world series to like mention it and so then that whole thing comes about i mean because the world series is like the biggest plat i mean i mean the biggest stage for baseball mm-hmm. so why not try and use that platform and just do what i can hey i'll do my part i'll do my part i'll, I'll i already marked the calendar october 25th yes sir. I'm, I'm retweeting i'm tweeting i'm yeah, that will, be, that will be my. Uh, I'll do a thread of all the minor league players I've had on the show. Exactly. So that that would be a uh, no. That's a good plan. I'll, I'm yeah. all into. So I, I uh, uh, so I actually have uh, scheduled tweets like all throughout that day. Oh, nice. So, dude, I mean, it's gonna be like honestly, like if you follow me on Twitter, you're you're probably gonna be like, holy hell, like he has no life because <laughs> like, dude, like I, it's like every. Uh, I think it's every, every 10 minutes I have the, um, like I have like a thing that I made, like, like it's like the black with like the white, like the stand with, mm-hmm. uh, MILB on there and like, it'll post every 10 minutes, every 10 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, dude, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be nuts, but I mean, Hey, like, I mean, the more that it gets on there, then I mean, like it might pop up, I can like the, what's happening, like for the trending on uh, Twitter and then therefore pe- people click it and just see like what's about. Yeah. Hopefully it does go viral, man. Uh, I'm rooting for Dude. you. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're trying. One, guy that, one guy that you need to have on and I have not, I have not even had him on, but I was just thinking about this. The best minor league advocate I know is a guy who his name is Matt Perret. I don't know if you've seen him. Matt Perret played in the giants organization for a few years and he uh, he had a brand called Homeless Minor Leaguer where he kind of hmm. promoted, you know, he's, he had a YouTube channel. I think he's a producer now with some, you know, sports network. But is I was he the to... one that lived in the van? That is Daniel Norris. But Matt Prey, oh, I mean, close. I wouldn't be shocked, but um, Matt Prey is a guy who 
does he used to do skits on YouTube and he actually talked at a uh, at a Bernie Sanders rally to promote minor league baseball when they oh, took no away way. all those teams. And he was the one that oh, wow. took he was the one that spoke at a Vermont rally um hmm. on that issue so matt Perret, i'll i'll get you i'll give you his email he's I, he hasn't even come on mine but he's definitely a great fit for your show and um Dude, that would be that would be that would be awesome yeah, yeah no, he's, I mean, he's the I best mean, guy to talk to dude i would love that it, it uh i mean because i've talked to guys like we're just like i mean like i, I mean because like, i've heard stories of i mean like, guys like sleeping in their cars yeah um and like you pretty much like have to sacrifice like pretty much your pay I mean, what was like uh, the average minor leaguer makes six thousand eight hundred dollars a year. Stupid. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, but no, like, cause there was the big, uh, the big news that uh, that MLB is now, uh, I guess, pretty much like mandating like that their teams have to provide housing. Like, yeah, what do you think about that, dude? I mean, that's that's one big step, but like, I, it's, I mean, it's just the beginning. Hopefully. But it's like, I mean, because I haven't seen anything like on like, like on like, like if they're going to like rent out like hotels or whatever. But I mean, still, I mean, like if you think about it, it's because I live in a 700 square foot uh, studio apartment and I pay 700 bucks a month. So let's say that I don't have to pay for that. I can use those. I can use the 700 bucks towards food, which would help me become healthier and which which therefore would i'm assuming would make my performance on the field mm-hmm. or like wherever i am better so i'm excited to see where baseball goes like just i mean like just from that alone yeah no guys i mean with the with the pay that they're getting now i mean a lot of them are relying on fast food and as a professional athlete to succeed to get to the next level you need to be training and eating like an athlete so no you make oh, an exactly. excellent point uh there that they need to be baseball you know it's a right step for sure no i agree it's a right step um it's also so expensive like this game is just so expensive and i know i went through it and you know i went through you know i, I played with guys that had like three different $400 bats and you know, my glove, my last glove that I got, you know, my junior and senior year, like $350. Like who's going to pay that much. That's why the inner city kids are not playing baseball. That's why, you know, basketball is more accessible and football. It's because baseball is too expensive and the, the, the children in the inner cities are not able to afford it. And it's, it's a shame. It's a shame. So it's yeah, just too expensive. It's, it's, I mean, because I mean, be, because then now you got like all of like the select teams, and I mean, it costs like thousand dollars to do that, like just so you can yeah, get travel in, teams. Yeah, I'm like in front of these coaches because I mean, everyone's mom and dad like wants their kid to <laughs> go on and play like professional baseball, but it it, it just yeah, and they're annoying about it too, dude. I know. I, I, uh, you know, cause I mean, like I played, um, yeah, I played through, uh, like, so I played college ball. So like, that's as far as I went, but, um, yeah, it, I mean, I mean, like, cause I've played like all over the country, but it's just like, it's, I mean, like, it's fun, like for the kids, like to go play like in like all these places, but it's just like, it's, I mean, like I could, 
care less if I played in front of a certain coach. Like, mm-hmm. like I am just glad that I got to play and I and then like have those opportunities. Yeah, I mean, if you're six years old, you know, if your son Dude. is six years old, you should not be thinking about the major leagues. If your son is oh, twelve no. years old, you should not be thinking about college. Okay, nope. let them be kids. Let them. I mean, let them like eat ice cream after games. Let them like. That's what I'm you know, saying. Let them play like little pickup games. I used to play pickup games all the time with my friends, and it was just that yeah. was just how it was. And now it's like totally different. Now the only games you see that are being played are tournament baseball. And I did it. I did it in high school, and yeah, you know, oh, yeah. there's an emphasis on. And it. I mean, also I think that like tournament baseball takes away from being an athlete because that's usually the time when you should be playing, you know, another sport, maybe like soccer or football, hundred percent basketball. Yeah. I mean, there's so many one trick ponies and I'm not saying it's bad. I definitely, I mean, I was one of them. I played baseball yeah. and only baseball, but still, I, I feel like, like, like I did like every sport, like, like that you can think of That was what I did. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're that one guy, like just playing golf at like 12. Dude. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I actually, Actually, my mom uh, put me in golf lessons like when I was like twelve. Oh, so I was close. <laughs> just for uh, yeah, but then, but then the the golf lessons just didn't make sense in my brain because I was still trying to learn how to swing a bat. So mm-hmm. it was just like it just didn't work out for me. But messed up the swing. Yeah, can't have that's that. What I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm I mean, saying. Obviously, these kids have to have like priorities, and but having fun yeah. should be the number one thing. Not you know exactly looking at a Stanford coach when you're 13 years old, like that is stupid yeah. and it just shouldn't be done. So no, nope. nope. Yeah. Uh, that's what I think about that. And speaking of the minor leagues, just to go back there, have you been to, how yeah. far are you from Tacoma? Uh, Tacoma is about two and a half hours. And so, so yeah, like the Rainiers are over there. Yeah. Uh, I, I've been to, I've been to two. I've only been to two games, but uh, we have um, the high a uh, angels team down here uh they're about an hour away south so that's the tri-cities dust devils that's right and yes. yeah and then and then uh, i actually had um two guys on my podcast uh they they actually played for him so and then i actually had them like on my pod like on my podcast before i knew that they were coming here so mm-hmm. yeah i mean so that was like the cool part about that one i mean like, so i would just like go down there and like hang out with them and that's crazy. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. What did yeah. you get to do? Uh, I mean, like, uh, let's see. So, uh, like, so the guys, it was, uh, so Spencer Griffin, uh, he was one of them. And also, uh, Dre Nelson and they're both, uh, yeah. And they're both from, uh, Texas and they're all, yeah, dude, they're awesome ball players. Yeah. That's really cool. I, I mean, I, I had Eric young jr. Who's the, one of the coaches, for the Tacoma Rainiers and he was great. We talked about the minor league level and he's another good one. Um, and he's probably, I could hook you up with him too. Eric young jr. Former, uh, whenever I think of it, and this is so unfair. And I mentioned to him, I mentioned this to him on the podcast. Whenever I think of Eric young jr. I think of him stepping on Tim Hudson's ankle. Oh, he was the one that that blew out. Yeah. So that's what I think of when I think of, I told him, I was like, that's such a shame that people remember you for that. And he's like, I know, I know, you know. So no, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> I feel so bad, but yeah, no, I mean, like the guys, like the minor leagues, like they, like they grind and they, I mean, like I mean, because they have a goal. So that, mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of everyone's goal down there. And 
they just got to keep on going until they get that call. Yeah, no, absolutely. A hundred percent. Well, anyways, uh, October 24th, October, October 25th, 25th, um, 25th, retweet guys, retweet everybody listening, everybody watching, retweet, post yourself. I'll be in on it. Uh, I'll do my share. And, uh, obviously as we know, Mason will be doing his share. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, definitely. Uh, Mason, man, I appreciate you coming on. This was a lot of fun, dude. Thank you for reaching out. Uh, like, I mean, it's nice to meet you too. Yeah, dude. Like it is awesome to talk to people like who like have the same passion and do like, we're just chipping away to make a difference. hundred, hundred percent. And and of course you guys could listen to loaded bases podcast. Um, first of all, you could find all the content on loaded bases, podcast.com Spotify. It's on YouTube. It's on, um, Apple. I mean, basically it's, it's probably wherever you get your podcast. Um, so yeah, go, go check yep. it out. He's Mason's going to have a lot more content to come. Um, yes, sir. And so is Rizzo cast. So stay tuned and uh, subscribe, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Rizzo cast and Spotify and YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching and see you next time.